On today's emergency episode of the Lots on Hawks podcast, Travis Schlenk steps down in surprising fashion. Landry Fields with a new job, at least in practice as the general manager of the Hawks. We'll have full details, uh, a look at, Tra- at Schlenk's tenure at the helm of the Hawks and more coming up. You are Locked on Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1374 of the Lost on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening in emergency fashion. And uh, big news in the Hawks world earlier today. Normally, I will try to respond a little bit faster, but it was a perfect storm situation where I could not record for a few hours. I'm actually recording this before the game starts between the Hawks and the Bulls on this Wednesday evening. And uh, a lot to get to. But before 10 a.m., Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that after six seasons at the helm, uh, Travis Schlenk will be stepping down as the president of basketball operations for the Hawks, moving into a senior advisory role with Landry Fields overseeing basketball operations. That was the report. Uh, but also, as we get into later on, Woj reported that Schlenk had multiple years left in his deal, which I can also confirm. And he'll stay in the organization worth working with Tony Wrestler. Uh, larger role, obviously, for Landry Fields as the day-to-day head of the operation for the Hawks. Also, by the way, Woj reported that the Hawks, quote, remain engaged in trade talks on John Collins, end quote. I did a mailbag show actually yesterday with some trade stuff, so I'm not going to more on that right now. But it was interesting sort of to slide that in the mix along the way from Woj. But then the official announcement came down at 10 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. The official warning is that Schlenk is, quote, stepping down from his position as president and transitioning to an advisor position and reporting directly to Tony Ressler, end quote. And then Landry Fields, quote, will oversee the day-to-day operations of the Hawks basketball operations team. Uh, plenty of quotes to get here from the release itself, one of which from Travis is probably the most noteworthy, and it says the following, quote, Throughout this season, Tony and I have had multiple honest conversations about some of the things, personal things I've been going through and how I've been feeling. And I appreciate the counsel he's provided me as well as the opportunity he gave me six seasons ago to be, the, to be a first-time general manager. As we enter a new year, the timing feels right for me to take a step back, reflect, and prioritize my family. I am proud of the group I assembled both on the floor and in the front office. We built a strong foundation for the Hawks franchise and achieved a high level of success as an advisor. I look forward to working with Tony and Landry and continue to make contributions in a less visible but still impactful way. End quote. One more quote here from Tony Ressler in the release who says, quote, we have a great appreciation for the work Travis has done in guiding our franchise through a quick rebuilding process and shaping us into a playoff contender. He's worked tirelessly from his first day with the organization to move us toward the ultimate goal of becoming a championship franchise with a strong eye for talent, work ethic, and knowledge of our team. We're confident that he'll be serving us well as a trusted advisor. End quote. So that's all the nuts and bolts details. Obviously, this is sort of a, a surprising moment. Um, and I will say it's not quite as shocking to me as it might seem on the outside. Though I will, I will definitely confess, I was not expecting this to happen today by any means. Uh, this is this is quicker than I might th- that I might have thought. If this was after the season was over, I would not have been as surprised at all. I would always, by the way, take the public framing with a grain of salt to some level. But Travis being quoted as saying that he and Tony had quote multiple honest conversations end quote about the situation is somewhat revealing that this was not like totally out of the blue. This is not like a scandal. It's one of those things where uh, it just wasn't, I guess, working for every party. Travis was kind of maybe burnt out, uh, all that fun stuff, but. This has obviously been happening for a little while. I did talk about this a little bit when the reporting came out about Nate and Trey a couple of weeks ago when the Sean's reporting, but according to multiple sources that I've heard from, it's also some of the public reporting. There's been some organizational turmoil for probably, you know, half a year now, something like that, six to eight months that started to kind of spill over a little bit. 
that's I'm sure part of this framing. Obviously, Travis said he wants to be with his family more often. I certainly have to take that at his word for that. But um, there's been all kinds of buzz that things are not going particularly well behind the scenes, and that extends far beyond the basketball court with the Nate and Trey stuff and the locker room and all that stuff. It's some, it goes into the front office as well. I mentioned this at the time as well, but I thought it was very noteworthy then and even more even more so now. But Sam Amick at The Athletic was the first person that I saw or heard to publicly report and name Nick Ressler as a person with some organizational power within the Hawks. I would echo that at this point from what I have heard multiple times from multiple people that Nick Ressler has a real voice and a real influence on the organization, of course, from the inside. That isn't to say that's the explanation for this happening, by the way. You can't just only put it on that. But I would certainly say that I talked to several people, people in the last couple of days and even today, especially, um, that have kind of pointed to that as, a, as a, a sort of a dynamic to watch in the organization. Obviously, Nick Ressler is the son of Tony Ressler, which is, of course, adding to the intrigue here. He does have an official uh, front office role as like an operations person. But obviously, the dynamic is in place where it's a little bit different when it's the owner's son. And he has a real voice there by all accounts. So I don't know if he uh, ends up having a larger voice now. Landry Fields is, again, uh, in charge on paper day to day. But uh, there's been a lot of smoke with regard to Nick Ressler having a larger voice in the organization. Um, as far as right now is concerned, Landry Fields is not getting a title bump. He's still the general manager. And as of now, I don't think the Hawks have any plans to hire a president of basketball operations or explicitly promote Fields to that job. You may remember this, but Travis Schlenk used to just be the general manager. He was not no, he was not promoted to, and, have, and by the way, he got a new deal for this as well, which has multiple years on it still remaining. But um, a lot of organizations just have a general manager in place. Um, it's, it's sort of an elevated title to be the president of basketball operations. But in the Hawks organization um, right now, the general manager, which is Landry Fields, is the number one guy in the president, is sort of the uh, head of basketball operations in a way that, uh, that Travis was, even if he's not going to be in that same exact title role as Travis was. So, as far as the day-to-day -day is concerned, um, obviously Travis is a big voice that's going to be stepping back and Landry's into a more prominent role. I will always say this, uh, you know, Landry is, of course, the number one guy on the basketball operations side, but um, Tony Ressler is the final say. He's the owner. He's the majority owner. He's not the full owner. That's always something to keep in mind. This is an ownership group, but he is the majority, you know, priority, all that stuff. He's the, he's the top owner, the face of the franchise uh, through that lens, and uh, Tony is definitely involved in a way that some owners are not. I'm, he's not like an all-time meddler. This is not like Mark Cuban where he's totally, totally in the mix. But Tony definitely has a voice and makes the final decisions, which he's definitely said on the record a few different times. Even when Travis was in place, Tony uh, certainly has a lot of influence in that front office. So we'll see how this sort of affects things on the basketball operations side in the short term, especially. Of course, this is a midseason move, like almost almost exactly. The Hawks have played 31 games as I, as I record this. So 50, 51 games remaining. Um, the, the deadline is going to be coming up in February. So they have you know about a month and a half or so, almost two months before the deadline. And Landry's got to have his hands full with regard to that. Um, and obviously, we're doing a little bit more guessing. You know, I was still doing this podcast, actually started the podcast before Travis was hired, and I covered that whole GM search and all that stuff. And we didn't know much about Travis then, other than he was a kind of a scout first guy. That was definitely the case along his tenure. With Landry, he's obviously a former player, was with the Spurs and all that stuff. He's worked his way up. But we don't know what, what he's going to be like as the primary number one guy. Um, you know, as far as like tendencies and all that stuff, we'll kind of have to learn alongside everybody else. I think he is very smart. Landry is a guy who's been speaking in the media as the primary point of contact for the front office for you know almost a year now. Uh, but it, it's definitely interesting across the board, I will say. Um, so we're just in terms of like organizational philosophy on Landry's side, what's kind of a TBD. I do think that Tony's going to continue to drive the ship and the luxury tax avoidance thing is still very much in place at this point in time. That's not going to be changing at any point that I'm hearing right now, barring something crazy in the next couple of months. The Austria stand of the tax, which kind of limits the options a little bit here. And uh, by the way, I talked about a, little, a, a lot of that stuff yesterday on the podcast as well, about the trade rumors and all that. But And also, I don't think it's coincidental that 
Woj was already reporting that Collins remains available and that the top guy, um, he's sort of the top guy in the market to keep an eye on from a trade standpoint. But, you know, all that said, we're going to get some history of the, of the Schlenk era in a second. But broadly speaking, this is definitely a surprising thing. Anytime a, a president of basketball operations is leaving his job midseason for a team that is, while maybe a little bit underachieving, they're still a pretty good basketball team. They're still in the middle of the playoff race. It's like this has been a disaster. So uh, he was not fired. He's going to get paid, from what I understand. He is under contract for multiple seasons. So this is one of those, like, Mutual decisions, it's, you know, most decisions are not mutual all the way around. And of course, we'll maybe learn more about this in the future. But as far as I can tell, as far as I've been told, he's going to be he's going to be getting paid. He'll be around, but obviously in a much smaller um, fashion. And the Hawks even framed the announcement as, as him stepping down. So um, usually guys step down and don't necessarily get paid out. So that's one of those like crossover things. that's pretty interesting. There's definitely a mutual agreement on some level here between the two parties. And as we'll get into it in a second, when I play you, when I play you some audio, even Nate McMillan's just kind of framed it as, look, this is a schlank and Tony conversation and it was kind of above their head so that's all interesting here definitely a surprise and we'll get into the, to the schlank era as far as my takeaways from it but uh, a shakeup, to be sure we'll see how landry fields is going to operate now we'll see how much uh, you know how much influence to, maybe nick wrestler has in the, in the organization maybe how much uh, tony's going to have his thumb on the scale etc in the future but for now we have uh, you know six weeks or so before the deadline is actually going to be arriving and a lot of guessing to be doing in the time being all right we'll have uh, more on this in a second on this emergency podcast this quick re reaction episode on a wednesday evening but first it were from our sponsors on the podcast today did you know that driving under the influence is the same thing as driving high? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high can get you a DUI. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell you when you're driving high, let me tell you, you're wrong about that. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell when you're high. So what makes you think that law enforcement, law enforcement officers do not know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and drive and change how you perceive your time and your speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're absolutely not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you're going to drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. And unfortunately, life's not coming with a user manual. So when things are not going as, going as planned, it's totally normal to actually feel stuck. And navigating any blessed challenge can make you unsure of things, whether it's a change in your career or a new relationship, becoming a parent, or something that's completely different. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of those challenging emotions and learn skills that are productive and coping with what's happening in your life. That makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine that you are. BetterHelp can be self-empowerment and also help you deal with the challenges of life, whether it's trauma or simply feeling overwhelmed. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched more than 3 million people with professionally licensed vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable for you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things are not clicking, you can switch, switch to a different therapist at any point. It couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month with BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, before I get into some uh, takeaways from the Schlenk era overall, I'm going to play some audio for you. Uh, because this, this move was done before shoot-around and before pregame today, uh, Trey Young, John Collins, and Nate McMillan all were asked about this and gave some, some answers to it. So first, I'm going to play what Nate had to say. This is in pregame at about 5.45 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, and uh, this is how he framed the uh, situation after uh, he was notified and everyone was uh, notified of what transpired. Well, I mean, I have a great deal of respect uh, for Travis and, uh, you know, a decision was made between he and Tony. Tony addressed 
uh, the team uh, this morning. Uh, really nothing changes for me uh, in the sense of uh, what our goals and expectations are uh, for this uh this team, but I, you know, I had a really good working relationship uh, with Travis the last couple of years, and um, it was a decision that was made between the two of them. Pretty matter of fact, there from Nate, obviously, and uh, now we'll get into what John Collins had to say. Again, this is earlier in the day at shootaround. John has been the guy who's been around the longest. He was the first draft pick of Travis Schlenk. He has been around the entire Schlenk era. He's the longest tenure player on the roster. So uh, here's what John had to say in that context about Travis and his exit. So obviously in light of today's news with Travis kind of stepping back a little bit, I just wanted to get your, you know, memories of him and, and what he meant to you. No, yeah, obviously uh meant a lot to me um, starting my, uh, my tenure with the NBA team here in Atlanta. Travis, again, believing in me and uh, using that, uh, was it 19th pick to take me? So, um, you know, I feel like Travis is for everyone in the positive with me and yeah. um, just giving me an opportunity to start my NBA career. So um, definitely I'm a little shocked to see it, but mm-hmm. I just know it's uh, part of an NBA organization that, you know, to have change. Mm-hmm. So uh, just got to be prepared. What's your first memory of him after you got drafted or before you got drafted? Um, I'd just say just meeting him. I think we were right. Uh, we were in right. I think we were actually over at Phillips Arena um, for the for the opening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a long time ago. So <laughs> as I said, um, yeah. um, you know, just a different change, just the scenery, and just just meeting him, uh, just that handshake and that look of confidence of of, of uh, I feel like you know appreciating the pick that he got is mm-hmm. and, and that feeling being mutual. So um, just try to build a good relationship from there. For sure, and now kind of Landry stepping in to fill that role. So just what has that relationship been like between the two of you? And, and I guess what do you hope to see from him moving forward? It's been really uh, really cool so far, really good. You know, Landry, obviously a former player, mm-hmm. um, has, you know, a lot of experience of uh, what it means to, to go through this life on a day-to-day basis. So I feel like we connect um, on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, he has a job to do as yes. well, so it hasn't been um, – around as much, but I feel like we'll be around a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, just looking to build a, a better relationship with Landry as well um, and uh, see where it goes from there. And finally, Trey Young, of course, face of the franchise. He was asked about this as well. And here's what Trey had to say at Shoot Around on Wednesday. So obviously with the news of Travis stepping down, I just kind of wanted to get your reaction and, and how you feel about, about the news. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from what I'm, what I'm told, he's still going to be around and uh, he's still going to be around our, our organization. So uh, I don't think really too much is changing too much. And I think that's a I mean, good thing. I think he's a, I mean, a smart, smart to our organization. I mean, he believed in me, so yeah. I'm, I'm happy uh, I mean, with, for that, though. And I'm curious what your first memory with him is and, and after you got drafted and everything like that. Uh, I mean, I remember my first, I mean, coming down here uh, for my, my pre-draft. And uh, being able to have dinner with him and be able to meet him there, like, he was um, really cool then. And then obviously being being drafted, he believed in me, so uh, I always will remember that. And I mean, I'm always appreciative of him for, for believing in me. And now with Landry kind of taking over the day to day, just what has your relationship with been with him has been like, and how involved has he been with everything? Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, he's always involved. He's always around. I mean, uh, me and Landry, I mean, are constantly talking. He's he's my guy. Uh, He's, I mean, really good at his job. He's a smart, smart, I mean, he's a former player. I mean, he, he knows a lot about basketball. So, uh, I mean, I think he's going to do really well in this position.
so there you go. Nothing terribly surprising. You know, obviously players don't deal with the president of basketball operations every single day like they would a coach. And uh, at the same time, you kind of have to ask those guys what's going to, what's going to be happening, especially because it's Trey, it's president of the franchise, and then John's the longest tenured Hulk. And then Nate, of course, you know, reports directly to that person. Now Nate will be re- reporting to Landry. Um, so that's a little bit of a change there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat what he was saying there makes sense in that nothing really changes. He's going to still go out and coach his team. And then uh, he doesn't necessarily have explicit say in the front office, although obviously head coaches are always in the mix at some level. As far as the Travis Schlenk era is concerned, though, before we get out of here, um, definitely a mixed bag. You know, some people, uh, it's kind of funny to see how the fan base has maybe shifted on things. A couple of years ago, you would have thought by the fan base reaction that Travis was the best general manager in the league. Uh, or sometimes when the team's not doing as well, he gets a lot of flack. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think Travis did a lot of good things. He did a lot of sh- things that were kind of more frustrating if you want, if you were sort of into nuance. Travis is definitely a scout first. I think he'd probably tell you that. He has a, he's a scouting history. He definitely banks on his own board a lot of the time, both in the draft and his personal evaluations. And he's good at that. I think he has a good record of actually um, just you know evaluating talent and uh, going back to Golden State. I think he has a really good um, profile of doing that. And that kind of leads you to the draft because, you know, while not everything was perfect in the draft, he has a lot of good successes in the NBA draft, which is, of course, probably the most prominent and easiest way to evaluate a a president of basketball operations, just like who they draft and what spots. Um, He was really good in the middle of the first round. The John Collins pick was an absolute home run at 19 overall. That was his first pick, and that was a really good one. Um, Kevin Hurd was a really good pick at 19. They obviously traded him later on, but that was a good pick when it happened, good value and a good outcome. AJ Griffin looks like a great pick. Obviously, that's going to be his last first-round pick as the uh, as the as the front guy for the Hawks. But that was an awesome pick by all by all accounts. Obviously, the uh, controversial one is the Trey Young Luka Doncic move. Um, obviously, everyone has their own opinion. I'm not going to do that whole thing now on the podcast. But at the very least, Trey at number five overall is an awesome pick on its own. Obviously, people would rather have Luka a lot. I would say most of the time. But Trey as a number five overall pick is an awesome success story. So uh, the evaluation of Trey was spot on, if nothing else. Uh, he was not perfect, though, as, as I said before. Um, as far as second round picks, they didn't really make very many. Uh, obviously, Tony has sold some in controversial fashion, at least for me. Um, but you know, Amari Spellman at number thirty was a pretty bad pick. I didn't like that at the time, and that was uh, definitely not one that went up, that went very well. Um, the DeAndre Hunter trade is, I guess, still kind of a TBD, but I think they definitely overpaid in that transaction. Hunter is a good player, but probably overpaid in that in that whole thing overall. Um, the Cam Reddish pick didn't really work out. I don't mind the process there. I think Cam's still a talented guy. At number 10 overall, it's like not the worst thing in the world, but didn't go super well. And then Jalen Johnson's sort of a TBD still at number 20. So definitely, you know, kind of a mixed bag, but I think in the draft, generally probably better than not um, when compared to other franchises. And some of the potholes that could have happened, like if you look at the, the players that went right before and right after the Hawks picks, they were usually not quite as good as the guys the Hawks ended up with, which is usually a pretty good sign. Um, as far as the other stuff is concerned, there was some weird stuff around, like the Jeremy Lin trade was like an underrated, like what is happening kind of trade. That was a weird one. Um, the Herder deal, obviously this this past summer, I think was probably directed more at the top than Travis himself. But um, as far as the transaction is concerned, it wasn't the greatest deal in the world. They got a first round pick, but um, that my issue with that is more luxury tax space, which is not really a Travis decision. As a reminder, Front offices do not make those decisions about like actual money stuff. That's a organizational ownership mandate. Travis like is just not just deciding to cut under the ledger tax without someone telling him to do that. So that's also part of this as well. But there's some weird stuff in there for sure. He's not been perfect transactionally, but um, kind of, you know, I would say somewhere in the middle, maybe even a little bit above average across the board for agency wise similar kind of thing. You know, I think they went a little bit faster than I would have on the Bogdanovich and Gallinari signings, but in the end, they kind of worked. The Hawks made the final four 
in one of those seasons. And they definitely sped up, sped up a little bit faster than I would have, but maybe that's ownership as well. It's always difficult to kind of weave that in and out. I think process-wise, the Hawks did some stuff that um, I would not have done necessarily across the board under, under Schlenk, but I think if you're evaluating the entire tenure, it certainly wasn't bad. They accomplished a lot of things. They made the playoffs multiple times. They made a conference finals run. Um, and like, you know, as far as grading is concerned, it's definitely not, a, not an F, not an A plus either, but somewhere in the middle, uh, sort of an unsexy answer. But that's kind of what I think about the Travis era. And again, he's still around in a senior advisor role. But for me, this is now the Landry Fields era of the, of the Hawks, um, of course, in concert with ownership and all that fun stuff. So Anyway, Travis has been on this podcast. We're actually on episode 500 back in the day. Um, maybe I'll get him on again in the future. I'm sure he'd uh, probably say no to me right now if I asked him. But uh, Travis, open invite if you want to come on the podcast anytime to talk about anything you'd like to. But um, yeah, anyway, that's going to be uh, sort of putting the, the final point on this one. If we get more reporting on stuff, then maybe I'll pass that along, of course, in the near future. But yeah, like, like I said at the, at the beginning of this, it's never as easy and nuanced. Uh, sorry, it's, it's always more nuanced than the press release will tell you in a situation like this. There were dynamics in play. Um, this has been happening for the last few weeks that I've been hearing, and even obviously the last few months before that, that things are not exactly stable in the front office. So this is not as big of a shock to me as it is probably to others, but certainly a uh, an odd one to be sure here in late December. And uh, we'll have to recalibrate a little bit in the near future as Landry Fields is now the number one in the basketball operations office after being the number two for the last year or so. All right, that's it for me on this podcast. We'll have a post-game show. If you're listening to this show on Wednesday, we'll have Hawks Bulls coverage coming later tonight. Please subscribe to the podcast. Check out yesterday's show, which was some mailbag stuff as well as some trade rumor stuff. That's still largely relevant, even with um, some references to Travis in the front office on that one. So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. And we'll see you all next time.